Did you see that they banned jewels and e-cigarettes or vaping or some shit today? No. Like, from, like, restaurants and stuff? From, like, being able to fucking use them. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I guess the FDA or something said that you can't have at least the flavored ones. That makes sense. I mean... Six people died this year or something from them. Like, cancer or... I don't know. They just said vaping-related illness. Popcorn lung, maybe? I mean, it's not surprising because you're still taking that shit in. Yeah, you're still inhaling it. But here's what I was uh, curious about. Why does, like, cigarettes kill 400,000 people a year and they just, like, that's fine. Some fucking vapes. Them them vapes will get you. Because who's ever, you know, outlawing that shit, they don't have their, their, uh hands in the in the cookie jar yeah the, the vape people now big tobacco they're you know they're probably best buddies with well so, yeah that's like i think vaping was created as a way to get kids to start smoking because you know regular smoking's not cool anymore i mean i don't really care if all of it gets banned because i was never a smoker yeah. bad cigarettes stink i mean these vapes smell good it's me why can't everybody just smoke the weed man Tumbleweed. Everybody in the wacky tobacco. Get on the wacky tobacco train. The happy grass. Happy grass. It'll make you happy. The worst that happens, you might get hungry. Yeah. You, you gain a couple extra pounds. Yeah. I mean, I mean that uh, that Doug Benson super high me documentary that he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, at the end, like, when, you know, because he did, like, a month of sober, then a month stone the whole time. And, like, the worst thing was at the end, like, he gained, like, two or three extra pounds. Yeah, that's not too bad. There's a lot of worse things you could do, people. Like drinking, which we, we wouldn't know anything about. people you're listening to the drunken pen writing podcast i'm your host caleb james with me as always spencer the dallas diddler church i don't like that <laughs> you don't like that one i don't like that one at all why i thought it was the dallas part you no. didn't like find dallas you just don't want to be the diddler yeah i'd find both kind of offensive if it was if i was called that damn you gotta go through the whole week as the dallas diddler <laughs> now that sucks I feel like I need to wear like a big hat and like a a handkerchief covering up the bottom half of my face. <laughs> One hanging out of your pants, like where the zipper is, just like you pull it like a clown yeah. keeps coming out. Um, today we are, I guess, why not? Fuck it, we'll make this the book of the month. Yeah. We read it. It was yeah. a book. We're yeah. reviewing it. That yeah. seems like book of the month material. Right. The only thing is that he's not like an indie author, which we normally try to, you know, steal trail, But I mean, fuck it. Open up new horizons here. This is an older book too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like early, like, uh, like I, I looked at the thing on the front. It's around like early two thousands. Hence, mm. like some of the Tiger Wood references. Yeah, I was wondering about that. We are covering the War of Art. Break through the blocks and win your inner creative battles. By Stephen Pressfield. And also Robert McKee. What did he have to do? Or is he just the guy who did the intro? I think he did the intro. Yeah. Or the, uh, yeah, the intro. The War of Art. Before I give my opinion on the War of Art, I would like your opinion, good sir. I thought it's, um, it was good. I think it had, um, it made some good points. It helped. I definitely think it, it it's good for any beginner out there. And that's having trouble. You should definitely check it out because it will help you 
recognize some things that you probably don't even realize that you're necessarily doing. Right. That gets into your way. But, and it's not necessarily this book where I, like, I probably just all kind of books like this. Is like, yes, they, they go, they tell you how, you know, how you're messing up and the things that you're doing, not, but they don't ever really give you anything. That was my problem. It didn't, I thought, because it's set up as book one, book two, and book three, even though the whole book itself is really small. You could read this probably in an hour and a half if you were really dedicated. Yeah, because the, the way that, which I, I don't recommend you doing. Yeah, like, yeah, I think you, it's best to take your time because. Kind of, like, absorb the information a little more. Because, like, a lot of, especially in the beginning, um, chapters or, like, the information dumps are only, like, a half a page long. Yeah. Most of the time. So, you could just blow through real quick if you were just, you know, just trying to read it. But I recommend trying, you know, to slow down a little bit and absorb that information like you said. I actually gave this book a four-star rating. And then on further review, when I was thinking of, you know, what we had to talk about and stuff, I actually knocked it down to a three-star. Like you said, it had some good information. And... Like, when I first started reading, like, the first part of the book one, it got me kind of pumped up. Yeah. Book two, I was like, okay, like, because it talks a lot about resistance and things like that. And I was like, holy shit, that definitely is me. That's what I'm fighting with all the time is this resistance. And he uh, gives a lot of good information with that. But then by book three, he started going into a lot of woo-woo religious stuff. Yeah, with, like, the, the muse... In which I, but his muse was not like you know the metaphorical muse. His was almost like because he talked. He said, "I mean, you can interpret it how you want," but his was like real angels, like the way he was yeah. talking. It was angels from heaven and God and stuff like that. But it was as if that was actually like a real thing. That yeah, was, like, yeah. I don't know how much he. Like, well, he went into like Buddhist stuff and other things too. Yeah, I don't know, like how much he if he actually thought that's like like an angel gives you your. Helps you write your story. The way oh, he wrote it was that there was an angel or something from heaven had the stories and we're just implements to tell it. Because he goes on, which I liked about being a professional. Yeah. But then he was, he kind of made it like, well, if you're a writer, you're not really doing anything. All you're doing is getting the muse and it's telling you the story. So it was almost like your part of the process was just like, you're the grunt. Yeah. You're the workhorse. And the, I didn't really mouth, care for that. The mouthpiece. Yeah. I found a, somebody had a review on this, and it brought up a couple points that I thought were very, uh, very kind of fucking, I don't know, it didn't hit me right. Uh, one, he said, you know, Hitler was an artist that started World War II because he was procrastinating, and as a result of this, nobody has seen his paintings. Which, people have seen his paintings, though, pa- right? Yeah, he was, he, people have seen his paintings, and uh, so Hitler, because of his procrastination, just decided to go murder Jews? Like, that's kind of what I got from it. It was a fucked up message. Somebody, a, Jew, a Jewish person turned yeah. down his manuscript, and he was like, what? And he also had a lot of weird medical shit that he threw in that just made no sense. Like, uh, procrastination causes erectile dysfunction and cancer. Because he was talking about if you're not living the life that you feel like you should be, it eats up at you, which I agree with. But then, like, that negativity and, like, that stuff is what causes illness. That was a little. That was a strange thing to assert. I yeah, guess. Yeah, I think you went a little too heavy-handed on that. Yeah, if he was just using that as like, oh, maybe your can, you know, cancer is like a, you know, a symptom of cancer is you haven't lived the proper way. Because he said like people who find out they have cancer, and he said it as a matter of fact too, that people who have cancer 
when they find out they only have so much longer to live or something like that, like they change their life and they go write that novel. They go make those they, paintings. They and then too, they, they and then they self as he always, as he kept on referring yeah, to. And then their cancer was cured. Like magically they went into remission and almost because of that. And again, that's kind of, so you're saying the people that do that, but then like there's nobody dies. Like all we have to do is I have to write a novel and I'll be healthy. That, that was a little weird. And then there, you know, his assertion that a lot of people with anxiety, ADHD, and all those disorders, like that's all made up by uh, corporate branding, and that was that's not a real thing. So that you can't use that as an excuse. Um, I've met some people who are fucking hyperactive. Oh, like yeah. they can't sit, like they can't sit still and focus on anything. Like that that is a medical condition that's not made up. Like some of yeah, there's people that abuse that and use that as an excuse. Oh, my ADHD, I can't write today. But there's also people that's a legitimate... Like, he, he did a lot of uh, generalization, I feel like. And yet, I feel maybe he might have done that just because he he was trying to... He wasn't talking about... I don't, well, at least I don't think he was trying to talk about everybody, but more just talking about the people who are trying to either write or paint or some kind of creative thing. Mm-hmm. But even still... That's the such a wide variety of people that fall within those categories. Yeah. And then he also said that, you know, as a professional, it's your job to just completely ignore criticism. Like, just ignore it completely. Well, how do you grow as a writer if you don't, like, you know, we always talk about on here, like, constructive feedback and taking, like, if somebody keeps saying the same things about your books, oh, they keep doing this and it's shitty. Well, you're never going to improve if you just ignore it all the yeah. time. Like, you can ignore, like, trolls, and you can ignore the majority of, like, critics, but you still have to take something. Yeah, like, your editor true. critiques your work. Yeah, you're taking that. You're not ignoring your editor. You're not ignoring your, like, their beta readers or your alpha readers. Yeah. Like, that would be r- fucking ridiculous. Why even have them, then? If you're just, you're just writing willy-nilly for, it, like, yourself? I mean... And, at any point, you know, like, uh, did you ever get the feeling whenever, like, he was talking about, like the down low parts of his life, you were just like, I'd, I'd take that. Yeah, he was like a truck driver, and he had, it sounded like, like he had a lot of high-paying jobs. And like living out in the woods for like a summer or something like that, just to... Yeah, well, he lived back when you could do these things. Like, he lived in a van for a while, yeah. and he hung out with like a famous writer and stuff. I was like, oh, that must fucking suck. Yeah, that oh, you didn't have terrible. any bills or responsibilities? You just lived in a van and rode all the time? God, that's not my fucking dream. <laughs> <laughs> fucking douche. Um, he had a lot of stuff I did agree with about, like, being a professional and, you know, like, the differences between an amateur and a professional. Yeah, really, like, the first two-thirds of the book is good. It's just, yeah, it was just mainly once you got to book three, I just, it got off the rails a little too hard. But, like, book one and book two and it, I thought were pretty good. And, like, all the stuff about Resistance, for, for the most part, was pretty spot on. Because he went on the different, um, he went on the different ways, like, you encounter resistance, but he never talked about how to really get over it other like, than just get to work. And like, I kind of just, in my, as reading this, like, you know, cause like those first like 60 pages, it's resistance is or resistance as, and, and all that stuff. I just be like, man, this guy don't know shit about resistance until he worked like a 40 hour work week at Walmart. Then you can talk yeah. to me about resistance. Like That's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, lived in fucking California and had like, you know, oh, I was writing screenplays for 10 years and I didn't have a book out and all this shit. But it's like, yeah, but you're still writing. You're making a living doing something. I mean, like, I, I didn't get the that his resistance was exactly what, like, what we face. 
like again the work thing being actually physically exhausted yeah that's resistance and the way if you go by what he was saying oh well i'm really exhausted because i worked fucking all day and wore myself out but that's just an excuse not to write i shouldn't use that and but, like, that's a real fucking thing. I mean, you will burn yourself out on I me. Mean, have you ever literally fall asleep at the keyboard before? Yeah. Yeah, many times. <laughs> like, that's a real thing. Like, that's not resistance. That's my body shutting down. That's kind of, that almost falls into that Jocko of just, like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> fucking do it. Your alarm fell off. Do it. Wake up. Do it. Good. Good. <laughs> Leg hurts. Good. Toe fell off. Good. Got AIDS. Good. It's like, dude, got AIDS. I don't want to take a break. Get it back down to HIV levels. Um, yeah, he was talking about, uh, what the fuck was it? I may be incorrect in this, but didn't he say something about, like, if you were sick or anything, like, just write anyway? Like, oh, I got the flu, don't fucking sit there and shiver and almost die. Right, like, it was just things like that. It was the Jocko mentality, just always do it. Well, sometimes you do need a break. So he went a little hardcore, like, the resistance isn't always, uh... You know, you just pussing out. Sometimes it's necessary. Um, not everything is what I would consider resistance. Sometimes you just have to, like, chill. Yeah. I mean, like, we talked about setting up a writing routine. And, again, he talked some good things about writing every day. And that's what the professional does. He takes it like a job. Which is our sentiments exactly yes. in previous episodes. It's, it is a job. Uh, writing is something like if the difference between an amateur and a professional. An amateur does it because they love it. And they'll keep doing it. But a professional will do it even when they're not loving it so much. They'll just keep doing it like a job. Um, and then he did say, you know, the professional is someone who makes money doing it. Yeah. So, then again, then well, okay, now that goes to that episode we did a couple episodes ago is, you know, what makes a professional different from an amateur. Well, do you have to get paid? I mean, are you not a professional just because you're not getting paid even though you're working like a professional? And that's that muddy area we were discussing yeah. last time, but I just, uh, I don't know. I, I was really into this book at first, and then when I got to the end, it started getting a little woo-woo and started going into, like, Indian Hinduisms and shit, and, like, it's like this doesn't relate to writing. And it was the stuff about the muse, because at first I thought he was just talking about the muse, the metaphorical muse, yeah. but then it, it became, like, a real mystical entity that is, like, is there, and you should... Like, there's a lot of times I'm writing, I don't got no fucking muse telling yeah. me, like, about the story. I'm that, just writing. That's, that's more weird than whenever you, you ever hear the story about, like, there'd be a certain artist or something, and, like, it'd be like, his girlfriend was the muse. Yeah. And as long as he was with her, he could do, but if they ever broke up or whatever, he couldn't, he couldn't draw anything, or he couldn't write anything. It's fucking weird. Yeah. It's well, a- have you ever been so obsessed about something you were writing that you just couldn't stop? I've had a few occasions where it was like that, and I was like, the muse. Like, you yeah. just, oh, I'm about to, it may maybe not the whole thing, but, like, the, you get into a story, and you're like, oh, shit, you really yeah. want to get it out. But I've never had, like, obsessive behavior about my writing. No. I've never, like, oh, which if is- I don't write today, I'm going to feel anxious and sick, which is what he was kind of saying. It's like, oh, you're going to feel shitty if you don't write all day. Like, I don't always feel like, sometimes I'm fine if I don't write. Yeah, I mean, it sometimes it's good to write and you know not to write because I guess what you're saying you need to cheat it like work like an actual job but you do get need days breaks from work you, you do get days off of work so there should probably be some days where you don't write at all um now again now if it's like your fourth day in a row I can maybe see like you'd be like oh man I should I should try to do some mm-hmm. writing but I don't uh, I haven't done it 
maybe not so necessarily to the uh, being anxious point, but I that you start should, feeling some guilt. Yeah, and, like I should be doing this. I should I should actually be doing something. But again, it, it's different if you have deadlines and you're actually like writing a screenplay or a novel that's gonna be like you have a book deal. Yeah. Like these things are different, but that's actually your your job. So writing eight hours a day, like that's what you, you're supposed to do. But the way he was making it is like, even if you're, you know, you just want to be a professional, you should just write every day all the time. It's like, well, I don't work seven days a week. Mm-hmm. If I did, I'd probably be fucking miserable. So I don't like, I, I feel, I always feel like the goal is not to hate writing. Like, yeah. you know what? You want writing like to be your job, but you don't want to be a job you like. You don't want yeah. to get to the point where like, oh, I have to write today. Fuck. Yeah. You don't want to wake up and be like, shit. Like I how gotta, you go to work. You're yeah. like, oh man, I got to do this. I got to finish a chapter today. Fuck. You want to finish the yeah. chapter, not have to finish the chapter. I think that's the, which he was kind of saying, like the amateur would be the one who wants to finish the chapter versus the professional who just has to because he wants to make money. Well, I don't think writing should be like that. Which is always weird because then he was talking about like the writer is is the person who does it because of wanting to love and have to do it. Yeah, but to be a professional, you have to get paid to do it. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like he, they're kind of the different sides of the of the same coin but would he took like weird stances on those like it's kind of hard to be the um to be the the writer that you know because he feels like he needs to write and it's in him and if he doesn't he can't get it out of him he's gonna be sick but he also needs to get paid to do it too yeah it's uh i don't know as far as writing books go, I thought this had some value. I took a little, yeah, I took some stuff away from this, mainly the resistance stuff and like really realizing how much resistance is in my life. Because I'm gonna say, and I, I don't know how much it, you can contribute contribute to this book, but I finished the one of the the short stories for you know the collection. While reading yeah. this, so... Well, I'm going to say, it got me writing a little more when I was reading this, just because I was like, oh, yeah, get to, but then I got to the end, and I was like, yeah. But um, as far as books about writing, I feel uh, Stephen King's on writing's far above. Like, if you're going to read a book about writing to get inspired to write, I feel like on writing's the book to go to. Well, that's kind of more entertaining, because, like, that's a good chunk of, the, like, of, the, of that book where he's not even talking about writing. He's just talking yeah. about different shit, like... Yeah. But, because uh, I know he has... Just novels, but doesn't he have some other, um, like, um, helping, like, on, like, I don't want to say how-to books, but, like... Self-help books. Kind of things like that. He might. I'm, I didn't really look into him. I just know he did Legend of Bagger Vance. And say, so would you be, would you check, like, would you check out any of his, like, fiction? No. No? No, he writes about golf and shit. I'm not... I think that was the first one. That's what made him famous. Well, yeah, but I'm sure he does more than a golf stories. I got enough to read him. But, you know what, I'm not going to shit on this book, though. I did like it. Like I said, I gave it four stars originally. It's just till I started, like, when I went back and to do some research and I realized, oh, yeah, he did kind of shit on, like, you know, people with medical disorders. And, and like, he was just, he was a little too um, new age, I guess I would say. Like, that's probably what would be the best description is, like, that new age hippy-dippy. If you're into the self-help, like, I'm not into, like, self-help stuff too much. But I did take a, a lot away from it. I'm glad I read this book. Um, might even read it again sometime. Just the first two parts. Yeah, yeah. And I can see why Joe Rogan, you know, gives it away on his podcast to people, or at least used to. Because, you know, it does definitely have some merit, and especially when you're in a creative funk, this is a good book to read. At least the two the two books in it. 
So like I said, I gave it a, honestly, if I could, I'd you know, it was on Goodreads, I rated it, so you can't do halves. I'd give it three and a half. Yeah. So for the GPW rating, I'd give it three and a half shots out of five. What would you give yeah, it? Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Three and a half, yes. And like I said, I'd probably read it again down the line. I mean, and I can see why people take a lot from it. Yeah, because it's not like it's that long of a thing to read. If, you know what, I think this will probably rate higher, in my opinion, too, if we haven't been doing this podcast for so long now. Because I feel like we covered a lot of the topics on here, and we already had the information. Or just um, how much writing we've done. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is what I like, think. Almost done with our third year, almost, right? Yeah, this did inspire me, though, to kind of step up and go to a more professional level, though. Yes. And I went back and was looking at some of my older work compared to my like newer work to see how much I've like improved. And I have improved a lot. And I started reading that butcher story you wrote. Yeah. And you've really come a long way oh, from cool. like your first fucking stories, like the way you were just writing it and stuff. And uh, so I think we're definitely in the right direction here. And I think with this anthology, um, that's putting us in the right direction. I think, like you were talking about, you wanted to get into the next one right yeah. after. So, or well, even you know, doing you, like you a. Getting get in the plan set, yeah. at least. Like, we're doing like a group project. You said like maybe like a co written novel or something I'd be down for. You know what wouldn't be probably a bad thing to do? Like we said, like the first two, the first two parts of this book, like once of the year, one once a year at like the beginning of the year, wouldn't be like you know what I mean. Read it at the beginning of the year, yeah, to help to get yourself like refocused and re like ramped up. Well, that's why I said like I'd definitely read this again because this definitely helped my focus, and I need I need just the, <laughs> it, like the resistance talk and yeah. stuff. I need that in my brain at times because I you forget it. And so, you just let stupid things get in your way of your writing. So would you tell like event like anybody anybody like that's would listening to this or visit our website that uh, you know that our writers themselves um, would you then would you recommend it to them? Yes. Okay. Yes, I mean if we had a uh, guest on the show, I'd probably hand this out too. Yeah. Like Joe Rogan does. Like I said, my rating was more just based on some of that woo woo stuff, but. I'm not into that kind of stuff anyway. It'd be interesting to see, because like I said, I think it was like early 2000s. So it's almost been like 20 years since he wrote yeah. the book. So I like I would be interested to see maybe what his thoughts or anything, if, if they changed, if he's got well, any probably, new insight like, since then. Because we're looking at a more modern lens. So, you know, like you said, 20 years almost here. Like all the stuff about ADHD and anxiety and like all the medical stuff, a lot of that kind of was like that wasn't a thing really people talked about yeah. like when i was in school you know if you were hyperactive they just you know he's hyperactive but you know you'd have a handler or something or special classes yeah, they didn't yeah, really they talk put, about they it they put you in a class yeah like it wasn't like oh you know he's autistic or he has this it or was that. like the very beginning of that like we were like at the very beginning yeah like we kind of knew what it was but you know nobody gave it any real we were thought. literally just one step a- away from people just being like, oh he's crazy i don't know he's just crazy like that's how we used to describe people like right before our time in school it was just like oh he's crazy Oh, he's a fucking idiot. That's that was like two things. You call somebody like an idiot or a moron, or they were crazy. It wasn't like because they had actual learning disability. Those weren't things we people talked about. Because then it felt like right before us. Because I remember like you or like like me whenever we were in school, we had like the really like uh, kids that had like real like real problems. Like like they were like in school until like their like early twenties. Yeah. And, like, I, I, I don't, that was probably not, a, like, a thing right before we started, like. I wouldn't imagine. I, I'm pretty sure, like, in, like, the 90s, it's like, all right, you're 18. Get out of here. You grad, like, you know, you failed more than two times. You gotta get out of here, like. 
Oh, well, remember, we uh, were the generation with the no kids left behind, the Bush. Uh, yeah, that fucking dumb shit that didn't work out. So it just made, yeah. everybody dumb. it made everybody dumber. It's like, oh, well, you know, if you have a kid in your class that doesn't do as good or has learning disorders, instead of putting him, like, you know, special programs, we're just going to make sure you know, everybody has to be on his level. Like, you, wait a minute. You know what I feel like? I feel like the whole country just decided to take that stance on everything. <laughs> really? On everything. It just... Whoever's the weakest link, that's us. It's like, nah, I mean, I liked learning. I would have rather have done more advanced stuff, but... Well, because, like, I don't know about you, but one of the main reasons why I didn't go to college after high school is because I, I was just done at school. Hated like, it. I was just like, this is fucking bullshit. And I was like, it is not going to get better. Like, not suddenly once you go to college, when they get paid all that big bucks, they really don't give a shit if you learn anything. No, they just <laughs> want your money. Well... Like, for instance, I wasn't always great at math because i just not really interested in math. Oh, yeah. Like, when I applied myself, I was good at it, but I never remembered anything. Yeah. Like, algebra and calculus and all that shit. Like, I have trigonometry. Like, I, I don't... You put me in front of that shit now. I might be able to do some basic algebra, like, you know, with the X's and shit, but that's about it. I just feel like, you just made some shit up on the board. You just squiggles. Yeah. Squiggles. Um, yeah, honestly, it wasn't until I got out of school, I started looking at, like, string theory and stuff like that. I was like, oh, I'm actually interested in that. Well, yeah, but the way they teach dumb, it, yeah. but the way they teach it in school, it's not interesting at all. But I'm just oh, saying. We actually had, like, the most shittiest of shit teachers. Yeah, we're just fucking awful teachers. But what I'm trying to say is, like, because I wasn't great in math, I never failed math by any means. But I was, like, probably a C or B student in math. But, like, when we got to, like, more advanced stuff, like, I fucking skipped school most of the time anyway, so I didn't give a shit. But I'm just saying, like, if I did have an F in that class because, you know, I didn't, like, in calculus because I didn't pay attention and just didn't give a shit or I was just dumb, I wouldn't expect them to be like, okay, everybody else in the class, we gotta take the special test because Caleb's yeah. not so hot at this. <laughs> like, no, don't give them the special dumb test. Yeah. Make me have to, like, do something else. Like, put me in another class. Yeah. <laughs> like, make, don't make everybody dumber because of me. That's not how it works. We don't make everybody stupider to just put up with a dumb guy. It's like, oh, he he barely goes to school. Let's fucking make sure he he's <laughs> make him good. the new standard. Yeah, that's the fucking that's the grading curve, <laughs> dumb guy. No, don't do that. Don't. And then you the same thing. Don't make the smartest guy the grading curve either. Oh, that fucking kid that's a super genius. You know what, Stephen Hawking Jr. Everybody gotta keep up with you or they fail. It's like, no. Did you guys have a um have a kid that like skipped a couple grades? Because like we had a kid. Like, in my graduating class, we had a kid that, like, skipped, like, two grades, I think. It's really hard to say, because there was a lot of kids who just one day just wasn't in school anymore. <laughs> so, I don't know if they skipped or... With the, I'm imagining those kids are probably wouldn't be the ones that got skipped ahead. <laughs> Most of the time, I just stopped seeing people. So, I don't really know. Like I said, I mean, I was there through high school, but it was, uh... Within two years, you jumped around a little bit there, too. Yeah, the there, end of high school, yeah, my job. Junior and senior year, I went to a different school, so... And that school was way different, and it sucked. But, yeah, that that would have been, like, the place where people jumped ahead. Because, <laughs> like, they had real classes, like, photography oh, and yeah? digital art. And, uh, what, what was it? Some of the other classes I was just mesmerized by. They had, like, uh, anatomy. Like, real anatomy. Well, I, remember, I remember ours had, uh... It was like cinema, but it was really you just watch movies. But yeah, you just watch, which is movies. awesome. But and like, what did you like about the movie? Yeah, so it was a uh, it was a unique experience. But like, they had the other school, like kids in like 
probably starting in like ninth or tenth grade. We're like, yeah, I'm in these fucking college classes, these pre-college classes, whatever AP or whatever classes yeah. they called them. And I'm yeah, advanced placement classes. Like, oh, we're gonna, we're taking college shit to get credits up. Before. I was like, you could do that. And I was like, I'm not even gonna go to college. So I'm not worried about this shit. I'll, I'll take the eight study halls. Thank you. <laughs> With the art classes, that was my thing. I always had like three or four art classes each year. Uh, and then would leave, and then because like how we mentioned how shitty our other teachers were, I could just be like, "Hey, can I go? Uh, I need to work on a project in da da da's class. Is that okay? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and then like I'll just show up and be like, "What are you doing here?" I'd be like, "Don't worry about it." I used to do that, but I'd just go home or go play basketball for a little bit, and then I'll come back. Maybe it was pizza day. I did <laughs> Friday pizza day, but yeah. Um, so uh, the the grading scale. I don't know. Schools have uh. They got, like, common core math now, so I feel like everybody's just dumb. Well, I need to see what we went to now, because now, before it was just 9th through 11th grade. Now it's, like, 5th or something? Like, most of middle school is up there now. I think it's just the 8th grade, Spencer. Is it just 8th grade? I thought it was, like, 7th and 8th. I thought there was more than one. It, it could be 7th. I'm not sure. I know the 8th for sure. Um, so I delivered to both schools, so I, I'm, I'm there all the time. And, uh... Which is weird. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, like, well, the high school's weird because now I see, like, you know, dudes with full beards <laughs> and then, like, dudes that look like kindergartners. I'm like, you're a little kid. What are you doing here? It's like, you don't, you're going to get beat up. But they, they, <laughs> but they, but they like, are, are, is, he, is he yours? Is yeah. Like... Is that your son? Because he looks like about the age, which which is really awkward, too, because I feel like those kids are going to, they, they have to separate them some way because those kids are getting their ass whipped. Oh, because they like still get classes and shit. Yeah, but they they still get the buses. Oh. If you're in like the seventh or eighth or whatever grades are at there, they get the buses. But well, everybody else still has to has walk. to walk uh. 15 miles to school like we did. Like we went, you just had to walk. But now, if you're like seventh or eighth grade, yeah, you get a bus. So imagine the bus pulling up and you're fucking just people standing. there. You just got done walking in the snow for 15 minutes. You're like, yeah, I'm gonna fuck these kids <laughs> up. So, people, read The War of Art. See what you think. You don't have to take our word for it. But I feel like we were uh, rightfully critical. I, Spencer, and maybe I think... I, no, not maybe. Not maybe. You need. Okay. You will All right. start doing this. All right. I started taking Mr. Ray Bradbury's advice. Not the essay part. But remember to read the short story and whatever poem before bed. Well... Started, I you know picked up a nice Dylan Thomas poetry book. Uh, oh yeah, to, I did see that. Yeah, trying to at least read one or two poems every day, usually before bed. Just uh, I feel like I need to get that up because I've been poetry? reading a lot of fiction that incorporates poetry or at least references it, and I feel like I am kind of missing out on a good subgenre here because I don't read poetry anymore. Other right. than other than like Edgar Allan Poe, I don't really get into yeah, poetry. Poetry, I'm just like I don't even I don't even know what makes a good poem. Yeah, so I feel like I need to uh, step that up, and part of our getting more well-rounded as individuals, so... And Dylan Thomas, you know, I actually like his poetry, so that's, uh... Modern poetry, I just... It's hard. I don't know how you just put words in weird, squiggly places on the page, and... The man is black! I'm gonna say, what what, what about death poetry? Death poetry jam? I like that, but that was just rap with spoken word. Yeah. I you know what's also to... weird is when you see like Henry Henry Rollins do that. Mm-hmm. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, I don't know why he does that, but it's yeah, not like that... they're bad or anything. It's just mm. weird. This old great hair tattoo man, just <laughs> rapping philosophical on you. Uh that's what we should do is do a deaf poetry jam. 
I like the one from uh, 21 Jump Street. Remember that Jonah Hill? He gets up on stage to do the poetry jam, and uh, I forget the girl's name. I'll just I'll just call her Felicia. <laughs> I forget what her name was, but he's like, Felicia died, is dead, like because somebody's roommate died. <laughs> he was like, murder, killed, overdosed. <laughs> he's just like was saying random words, and it was like hilarious. Dead girl in the morning. I don't know how to feel. <laughs> I was like, this shit was killing me. Um, I don't, I don't know. I got, I got to finish my fucking story for this goddamn anthology. Still, I just it seems like the ending just you know what it is. You know that dream you have where you're walking through the hallway, but the hallway keeps getting go longer. And go. That's the ending of my story. I keep I see it. I'm like, okay, here's the ending, and then as soon as I get there, it just stretches. And I'm like, no. Well, see now, like I got the ending, and like I was going back and like doing some editing, fixing things, adding, you know. Uh, like fluffing some stuff out, and like now I'm seeing oh, like I could add a little bit more here, I could add a little bit more here, I could add a little bit more here, and mm. I'm like, no, it ha- at a point it just has to be what it is it's rough for the thing that we're putting out. Yeah, like I said, mine might be long enough that I don't even have to have a second story. We'll see how it goes. Mm, tasty. That tasted like milk duds. I don't even eat milk duds. Ooh, you know what I tried the other day? Ass. <laughs> it tasted like it. No. <laughs> Chocolate milk moonshine. I think I've tasted... I don't think it was the moonshine. I've tried that uh, adult chocolate milk before, and that was just... It wasn't disgusting. It was just... I just feel like alcohol and milk is not a combination well, not, like, I want. Know, like, like, well, like, I, I've, I've had a, like, a, a white Russian before. Yeah, we talked about you loving white Russians because you're fucking weird or you just love the Big Lebowski a lot. Well, I, I, I had, like, one. You said it was the best drink you've ever had. I said it was tasty. Yeah, well, that, well, that's probably the best drink you ever <laughs> had, then, because you never say anything's tasty. <laughs> yeah, that's the last time you said an alcoholic beverage was tasty. Uh, there's some, like, 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 whiskey, like, whiskeys and stuff like that, if mix, mixed properly or t- good, but, like, I'm not, I yes, I'm not a bill man. We've been through this. Let's be honest here, Spencer. Nobody's drinking whiskey because it tastes good. Yeah, I know. I know. At, but, at best, a good whiskey tastes like the inside of other people's assholes. Like <laughs> it's not a good flavor. You just I, get used to it. Uh, that could be the thing. I just I have a hard time drinking something that's so terrible. Speaking of, if the weather ever gets below ninety degrees again, I am gonna get some fine, uh, maybe Cavassier. I don't know. I was thinking of a fine brandy for uh, October. Oh, okay. Because I got it last year. It was pretty good. Um, people don't know this if you get a nice vsop brandy you put it in a glass pour a little honey in it and, and you heat it up you, you uh spin it around a fire i use the stove and uh <laughs> oh actually I, you put um different process sorry get a bowl of hot water over the stove and let that boil you put the brandy in the glass and you slowly stir it around and warm it up like pour a little honey in it yes yeah. like a nice dessert drink but I am uh, going to get me some fancy brandy, so if you wanted to go in on the house brandy, we could do that, okay. because yeah. I got tequila and whiskey, but I feel, well, whiskey will be back in season. We haven't been yeah. drinking whiskey this summer. It's too fucking hot. But we will get to the uh, the brandy. And say, winter is a bitter drinking kind of yeah, yeah. time of year. Um, I'm also going to pick up another expensive bottle of absinthe for our Halloween extravaganza. Ooh, you just don't want to wait and pick it up, and pick one up at our next uh, uh, comic book convention we go to. I well, where did I get it? Remember that one guy sold it. 
Ew, that shit was fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot we made two we homemade got some, We got some right here. It's it is right on the there. table. We have not drank it because it's it like is... It's like two years old now, isn't it? It's, oh, it's so fermented now. No, because that, that shit was just like... It's too potent. It, it's bitter, man. Will it you, tastes super good, but then it's you, bitter. Well, you let it soak for like a month and a half. <laughs> was it like, the max was like like seven or eight days. No. You're like, no, let's, t- let's do that times four. <laughs> The point is, we got some homemade absinthe, but uh, that'll blind you. We use that for decoration. <laughs> we use that to get rid of paint. I gave a shot of that to somebody, and they thought it was delightful. I'm like, you're fucking on drugs. It was it. Uh, um, what was his name uh, that you worked with? That did the Dom. Um, yeah, I think that's who it was. Yeah. Now, how much tequila did he have before having that? I don't remember. I don't remember much from that. Um, yeah, we need to. Uh, no, I'm gonna get a fine. Maybe from Switzerland. That's where my uh, butterfly absinthe is from, I think. I may just pick up another bottle of that. That's really good. I want to try new absinthe, but why try new when you got the best yeah, there is? Yeah. But it's like 90 bucks. Exactly. Well, it's also like 180 proof or something retarded. Like, it's ridiculous. Uh, hmm. yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Retarded. It makes you go. Like, it, it retards your thinking. Your brain shuts down. Well, that was our review of The War of Art, a book you should pick up. Also, folks, exciting news. We are open for Halloween submissions. Yes. We've already got a couple. Oh, we yeah. actually got some last month and the month before that. So people were really excited. Yeah, so that that's good. We got some submissions coming in, so feel free to do that. You can hit up the old drug pen writing where we got the... Uh, I, mean, I made a post about it the other day, I think, or yesterday or Monday. Someday. There's a post on there that explains the rules and stuff, but essentially you can... Submit a flash fiction. I think it's up to 750 words. A short story up to 5,000 words. I think it was like three poems up to 80 lines. And it's a horror theme based. Yeah, pretty much. just Halloween based. You know, it doesn't even have to be necessarily horror as long as it's Halloween based. Spooky. Spooky. Um, Depending on how many submissions we get, we might do interviews. I try to every year at least do a couple, but it's hard to keep up with so many submissions. Like last year we had one for every fucking like... Oh, yeah, it was ridiculous. We had a lot. So, especially, like, the longer stories, that's, like, you know, 10,000 or 5,000-word story. That's a lot for me to edit and shit. So, um, so submit those. Our giveaway is still going on. I was going to ask you. Yeah, we've had some submissions for that. We've got a couple good names for Spencer. Um, We've got one flash fiction story so far. So, remember, one submission of uh, Spencer's goofy name gets you one drawing. And one flash fiction story gets you three drawings, and a funny name and a flash fiction story gives you four drawings. Four chances to win a fine, luxurious DPW leather bound notebook. And if you want to hit us up, you can go to drunkenpenwriting.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at drunkpenwriting. We share saucy memes, writing articles, tips and tricks, how to put your boner in places and get it back out again, because that's important. <laughs> Uh, you go to Facebook where we talk about the same stuff pretty much, but get old people's opinion on it, I guess. Um, and then you can go to, we do have YouTube if you're, you might be listening to this on YouTube, I don't know. We have YouTube, but it's just mainly our podcast now. One day we'll put our sexy bikini videos up, but. When the internet's able to handle that. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> so much hair, you know, there's a lot of pixels to render. Uh, but thank you for listening and. Take care. Bye.